Welcome to Puro Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, and I'm joined by Kerry Clack, columnist, editorial board. Nancy Pryor Donson, deputy editorial board editor. Uh, Metro editor, Greg Jefferson. And I, I promise I'm not going to devote too much of this podcast to uh, venting about my jealousy toward Kerry because you got to see Otani hit a home run in Houston yesterday. Um, I got that all out of my system before we started, but that must have been incredible. It was. So we're going to talk about uh, the city the city budget, which was uh, presented to, the proposed budget was presented to city council last week. We're going to talk about what's been going on on the border, specifically Eagle Pass. I wanted to start uh, with, uh, by talking about a story which ran in the Express News uh, a week ago, written by, uh, by Molly Smith, and it was kind of looking at the Mayor Ron Nuremberg's future. And I mean, there were some things that I didn't know. I, I didn't realize he had spent, he had made seven trips to DC last year and four this year. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, Greg, you edited that story, right? I did. Yeah. You did. So, I mean, w- when you, I guess the, the, sto- the story is really looking at his prospects for an appointment in the right. Biden administration. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what are those prospects, you think? Well, I mean, let, let's start by saying that uh, rumors of his, uh, I mean, almost as soon as uh, it became clear that Joe Biden was elected president in 2020, the rumors started about uh, Nuremberg maybe having some place in the Biden administration. The early thought was, you know, maybe maybe in HUD, whether that was a secretary <laughs> position or below, or labor that kind of faded over time. It just didn't happen. Uh, but lately, um, particularly after, you know, after the worst of the pandemic, um, he seemed to be getting a lot more attention from DC and his travel, uh, to Washington kind of ramped up a little bit more than, uh, what he'd been doing before. So we had what seven trips last year and this year, uh, he appeared with Joe Biden in kind of a press event in which Biden was announcing new uh, heat mitigation measures for cities across the country. Mm-hmm. It was uh, just Nuremberg uh, appearing remotely, just on a video screen, uh, and the uh, mayor of Phoenix. Uh, that's that's a pretty <laughs> that's just, that's a pretty rarefied place to be Absolutely. for a big city mayor. Uh, so that got people really focused on Nuremberg. That you know, and he followed that up with uh, you know. Uh, a spot on ABC News that night. He was on CNN. He was on Face of the Nation the following Sunday morning. I, you know, I think the event with uh, with Biden was on a Wednesday or Thursday. So yeah, just a lot of attention in a very short period of time. And I think uh, political watchers said, you know, that doesn't happen unless uh, the Biden administration is is kind of testing, you know, kind of putting him through his paces. Seeing how he performed yeah, on the national yeah, stage. Yeah, exactly. Can he can yeah. he deliver under pressure? And we don't know what their ass- assessment was of Nuremberg's uh, uh, performance at, at the news conference or on uh, news programs afterwards. Uh, you know, he's not a natural politician. I think, as we pointed out in the story, you know, he's kind of he he's not a magnetic speaker. That's for sure. Kind of wonky. Yeah, kind of, yeah, a lot of technique technocratic jargon mm-hmm. uh, but he 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 performed pretty well you know nice and steady and I think a lot of this I think part of the part of the reason for the attention he's getting is because he gets really high marks for how he and Bear County judge Nelson Wolf kind of conducted themselves and led the city uh, and right. the county through the pandemic I mean if you'll recall, you know, they were a presence, they were a fixture in your household every night. Yeah. They they did news conference updates, and 
people actually kind of became dependent on, you know, mm -hmm. it was like the one thing in the day where you're getting straight information about where the city's at as far as hospitalization rates and death rates and what you can do to prevent, you know, the spread. Yeah. And that was just really powerful. And he, you know, he, he did really well in kind of getting the city through that. So that positioned him, I think, really well with the Biden administration. A couple of things about this are, you know, that there is no vacancy at the moment at, right, right. For, for cabinet position. So that's kind of, you know, that can change, you know, overnight. The other thing is that, you know, when Julian Castro, for example, took uh, his position at HUD in the, in the Obama administration, mm. it was uh, the second term for Obama. So it's clearly uh, going to be a short term thing. Of course, it was always also thought that he might be Hillary Clinton's running mate. So that was also in, in the wind. Mm. But he, it was going to be a two and a half year gig for him. Uh, in this case, you, you, if something opened up uh, next week and he got a, an offer, um, you know, it's worth what, 15 months away from the election. Uh, and Joe Biden could get voted out, and so it's it's you you, you leave the mayor's office for for what would could be very short, right term uh, situation. If on the other hand, something you, you wait or or something opens up after Biden gets reelected, if he gets reelected, then you're getting into the final months of Nuremberg's mayoral tenure, and mm. does it even make sense to leave office? Four months or three months right. before you're, you're you're done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would point out that uh, Marty Walsh, who was he had been the labor secretary under Biden, former uh, mayor of Boston, mm -hmm. big supporter of Ron Nirenberg's, uh, he stepped down. Uh, he's he left to lead the uh, hockey union. Yeah, you've got, like, they, have, <laughs> yeah. Like, they have like a kind of an acting. Does anybody like hockey? <laughs> they, do, they know what the union's called. I don't offhand. Anyway, he's leading it. Uh, so there's an interim appointee right right now. So like that's 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 kind of out there. Yeah. But I think a lot of the a lot of the people uh, Molly Smith talked to in reporting the story said you know it's much more likely that you know they'll the the Biden administration will see how the election goes if he if he wins mm -hmm. a second term there's inevitably going to be a lot of turnover a lot of uh you know a lot of secretaries and under secretaries are just going to say you know what it was a good term time time for me to move on time to re kind of rejuvenate mm -hmm. the administration with new people yep and that could be his opening and if that's the case um it makes you know it would make a lot of sense for Nuremberg to to jump. Mm. At that point, he would have very little left in his final term in yeah. office. And you know, it's like we 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 have yet to see what his last two years in office is really going to be about. We don't know. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, are there any projects that he's so deeply invested in that he ha he just has to see it through to the very very end? I don't know. I don't know that that's the case. I think I think it's I think the the timing is more likely to what you said mm, yeah. with second term because it, yeah. it is this is very reminiscent yeah. of um, of the attention that President Obama was giving to Julian. Yeah. And but remember that's that was like a it's like two years mm -hmm. because you know, you start off I mean you yeah it's, I, actually before he's picked to be the uh, the convention keynote in that's right. 2012. Yeah. Mm. And it's not until what July two thousand fourteen that that Obama makes the decision. So that's, right. that's this. It, it wouldn't make sense for the mayor to to go to D.C. at this point because he just it said if should 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 Biden lose and mm. 
in, in next year. It, 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 but if the, the timing actually turns out right for at the end of November 2024, mm-hmm. and it is just a few months, and whatever will, will be what's, what's the big project on, on, on the mayor's uh, plate right now, and maybe it's, it's probably the stadiums, uh, mm-hmm. I, you would think it, it Maybe yeah, close to being resolved by. Well, the, yeah, I mean, may, maybe, maybe, maybe. No, we've got, uh, may, and we may have, we may have an election. I mean, we yeah. may have put the put the uh, mm-hmm. put that to the vote. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to, uh, in November of next year. Right. Yeah. As far as any any updates on uh, the possibility of a Spurs Arena downtown, I mean, it's it's going to be a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they really the city really is at the very. Yeah. In the very early stages with the Spurs right now, they're still locked down, by the way, totally. They're yeah. not releasing any information. But we, you know, uh, we've got sources telling us that it's, you know, it's probably going to be a, a year or so. If you think about pro- the, the projects that he may be interested in, the advanced rapid transit, the airport, right. these are things that I don't know that he would necessarily feel like I need to, to, to you know, yeah, I mean, to hang around to. Work to first, the yeah. workforce program as well. The workforce program, that's, that's exactly And he did point. say, I mean, the article, it's, you know, closes, Molly closes and says that he's committed to staying here throughout his term. I mean, I, of well, course, but, I mean, can say that as well. Yeah, I can't say, you know, we're going to check out Julian's quotes maybe a, a month before he yeah, took the right. job out. Back they all say, right. you have you have to. say that. You yeah, mean? you have to, <laughs> that he's committed to it. But I did, I mean, I do see some changes from him. I do see he's evolved and he's growing and mm-hmm. and becoming more personable. Um, yeah. One of the, I see it, I see it. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, and he spoke at the um, San Antonio Hispanic Journalist Gala, and he gave a speech, and um, I feel like I saw a different side of him. I, I thought it was really strong. I personally love how he puts his family first, and um, you know, always has his wife, um, um, Erica Prosper, uh, go and and give a speech as well. And um, you know, she lately, I've seen I've seen some different stuff lately from her too. That's interesting. On like on her Instagram, she'll be post she'll post these um, little videos of him sometimes like working out. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something funny that she just posted about uh, how he's trying to protect their garage against her driving kind of thing, like buffer it, um, which my husband did that too once. Um, <laughs> so I, it kind of shows just like a personal level, his human side, right? Can, and his that, relationship, fatherhood, being a husband. I mean, to me, it's like, okay, if if you need to do a special production for Instagram, to show your, your your human side, you're probably not doing. You're probably, no, no, but you're probably not doing enough in public life in what you're actually doing to connect with the people around. I haven't heard of Is it a production or is this for? No, I think it's for real. I think it's real because I don't think, like for instance, what what she puts out there on Instagram for the one where he was working out and he just kind of looked at her like, oh brother, like really. Um, and so it didn't look like it was planned at all, and it did look like he was a little annoyed with her. I think his his <laughs> his his, his, his uh, ideal lane, given given his yeah, as you said, he's not a natural politician, is to maybe go with the the Al Gore kind of uh, uh, you know kind of mocking his own nerdiness. Maybe you know when Al when Al Gore did that, you you want to see me do the Macarena again and stuff like that. You know that kind of like you know just that kind of the kind of like I'm really nerdy and I'm going to make fun of myself and maybe people will. I would, I would, I would. So you you found a middle ground between Nance. I try. <laughs> I, I would hope that whatever the whatever the position, at the cabinet, if it's a cabinet position, that it's not hard just so we can break 
that the tradition uh, of that it. That tradition. Uh, I mean, Hollywood actually uh, makes some sense because it, the city's done a lot of does, but so does transportation. Transport, yeah. yeah. Transportation, yeah. Workforce. I mean, let's try to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, yeah, he yeah. Was, he was. It was. Uh, he he. They talked about. I think it was by, um, Obama directly talking to Castro yeah. about uh, transportation. But yeah, Secretary, and he, he just and, and how it would be good. I just like to see a sanitarium there, just to kind of just yeah, like that. go to labor. Yeah, and I mean, we don't really see necessarily any. I, I mean, when I think about um, talk to him about this, but when I think about where he would, if this does not happen. Like mm -hmm. where he would go from there. I don't really see like a, an elective office necessarily. I could see him be mm -hmm. to the university, a nonprofit, something like that. Maybe there are other things. Uh -huh. um, I mean, is that? Yeah, I mean, I'm always, I mean, barring any kind of uh, a federal government appointment. Um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of, kind of saw him going to a university. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could see, I could, uh, like a university, like, he was a Trinity would be like his natural environment. That would be yeah. his pond. Um I could be totally wrong. I mean, you, now watch. He'll like get a great, <laughs> some amazing Fortune 500 job. But yeah. I, I just see him in a, in a think tank. Well, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the, the city's proposed budget. Uh, Eric Walsh presented it to city council last Thursday. It's $3.7 billion, $1.6 billion the, for the general fund. I mean, some of the, the bullet points I think would be we're going to see the homestead exemption uh, increase uh, for homeowners from 10% to 20%. The council approved that a couple of months ago. 105 more uh, SAPD uniformed positions. And we were talking just before we started, Nancy, about it. And the thing that's, that stood out to me when I heard him talk about the budget uh, really had to do with animal care services, which mm -hmm. I think has been a big issue in this city, particularly in the last few months. Oh, yeah. I mean, it went from their budget is going up from $21.4 million to $27 million mm -hmm. um, for ACS, right? I mean, of course, you had in February... Um, the Ruben Nahara, you know, the fatal mauling. And so that is, you know, they had to do something. <laughs> they had to, and they had to do it in a big way. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it's after that horrible death. Yeah. And there have been some other incidents as well. Um, but they don't, they're not skirting the issue, right, Carrie? I mean, they just, they're definitely talking about how what a big problem it is. The numbers don't look good. The situation doesn't look good. And so they're really trying to beef it up. And I don't think that they're trying to brush anything under the rug. They know we have a problem. They know that they hear about this from the community um, on the surveys. It's the number one, I believe it was number one. It was at the top, top three for sure. For sure, top three of the problems that the community is com complains about and says they need relief on. It would have been a really bad look if they didn't do it. And so I think that this is something... That's a really positive change. Hopefully we can see the fruits that it bears quickly, right? And and other issues like this don't happen. But that's it's quite a bit of money, but it will still take time. It's not going to be overnight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing uh, we learned last week kind of as, as part of all of the budget talk and uh, news of the increase in ACS's budget mm -hmm. is the fact that uh, over the previous year, they were really only, they were responding to different. 44% of calls uh, complaint, call. uh, yeah, to animal control. That's, uh, wow. I mean, like not that's even not even hurting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not. Yeah. So uh, I think the thought is, I think Eric Walsh was, uh, you know, he, he said this, that hiring, you're talking about eight hires, I believe, with, with mm -hmm. the new funding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that will go toward maybe getting closer to I don't know like a hundred percent, yeah, <laughs> of, of responses to those phone calls. 
I mean, that's it's like, like a two or it's three, a three year plan. Three year right. plan. I think they're going to go from forty four percent to try to get to sixty four mm-hmm. this year, and then up to maybe I think eighty five, and then going yeah in the third year maybe. Yeah. But I mean, they said they he said they get fifty thousand uh, critical calls a year, so that's you know roughly what twenty eight thousand that just they're, they're like, this, there's no response to this. No response right, right now. This what haunts haunts me. I mean, it should yeah. haunt every everyone is that I think it was a revelation to all of us when they when the city first came in a few months ago after after the the modeling death and we learn just how underfunded the department is mm-hmm. and if that man if that gentleman isn't killed nothing's changing i mean mm-hmm. it, it it it's because it, I, took, yeah. it took him being mauled to death the 81 year old man yes, to have, went, uh, in, yet when you look at the numbers and it just just it just doesn't seem that these numbers are right that you don't have enough personnel to address all these calls and just it's just a shame it took to the, took to this, but you know maybe it will save people in the future. Yeah, and, it, and I don't know the answer to this. It'd be interesting to see what what the, re- the rates are like in other cities. And it just it, it it just felt like this the scope of this problem had been so huge that they just had maybe I'm not saying they'd accepted the situation, but just thought we just we can't, we don't have the resources to to deal with it. And then now they've decided we're going to have you know because they were getting the complaints before. It's yeah. not the the complaints aren't different now. No. Um, they were already getting them, and this is definitely reactive, obviously, mm-hmm. um, in the worst way. But um, it would have been terrible if they wouldn't have done anything at all. Yeah. So the, this is definitely a good thing. Wanted to uh, finish by talking about uh, an issue that we've addressed a lot on the podcast, which is what's going on in the border at Eagle mm-hmm. Pass, Greg Abbott's Operation Lone Star. We, you, the editorial board did had a had a great piece over the weekend, looking at um, what was going on there, what King Castro's visit. You had the, the the family that owns the pecan mm-hmm. farm, the Urbinas, who, I mean, this is a, a really, it's a fascinating situation because they, um, they're Republicans. Mm-hmm. They, like a lot of people, I mean, we've heard a lot of stories, I think, in, along the Texas border, in Arizona and elsewhere, from uh, homeowners or property owners along the border who get very frustrated because you have migrants coming through their property, camping mm-hmm. out there. A lot of, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's an old issue. And I, I know that they've had a frustration with it, but they're actually very upset because the state has has put concertina wire on their property. Yeah, and they're not happy about. It. I mean, the the woman um, Odbina, she um, she actually watched a pregnant woman trying to get through that concertina wire, and actually said, you know, and she's a former teacher. She's you know and. So she she cares about people and she's seeing this up front. And so I think um, humanity supersedes their politics. Right. And just they just see it's wrong. They, you know, first of all, say um, that they're no fan of Biden and his immigration policies. And so they they make that very clear and they they keep saying that as you talk Mm -hmm. to them. Right. And they make sure that they get that across. But they're no fan of Abbott. They wanted to see some kind of orderly system where like people could. Could come through right, and they say they don't want a um, open border. You know, yep. they say you know they're not for open border. They want it orderly. They want immigration policy. They want them to go through in a legal way and all that, but they don't want them killed. And so, and we also saw over the weekend the three-year-old um, who was killed on the um, on the bus to, on the way to, to Chicago on the way. Right, which is so, a big part of Abbott's program too, which is just oh yeah, busing. I mean, it's, uh, migrants out of the state for a three-year-old to die on the way. It's um. It's really terrible, you know, and I saw that. I think that the statement came out, you know, from the state on um, on Friday, I believe. And 
I mean, it's just a really um, terrible situation. And, um, you know, I have heard that on those buses, there are quite a few very, very sick, very fragile people in very bad situations. If you think about it, I mean, you talk, I've talked with migrants, you know, who have just crossed and things. I've gone to the border. Um, Josh Berdesky, our editor, has gone to the border as well. Um, you know, our whole editorial board is gone, and we've had several reporters go there. But you talk to these migrants and the situations that they're in when they're crossing, I mean, they're their lives, you know, their lives are at risk and they are, they have medical conditions. Now there's this wire there. I mean, it's a, it's a really bad situation. And some of them already have health problems and then they get on these buses and they're just trying to get, they're just trying to get in and they're trying to get to a safe space, but they're not in the best of condition. And then, so you have these security officers driving these buses and you have the, you know, this trip. I mean, they don't have a health care on that trip. They don't have you know, so, and I know, you know, there was another, wasn't there another death earlier? There's another death. It wasn't a child, but there was another death. And then the, they started looking at their whole system and their medical care and everything. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just been, I think it's just a really bad look for Abbott. I think that they need to obviously look at um, what they're doing and how they're treating these migrants as well. And um, when they're so sick like that and so, you know, in these situations and they have them on these buses, it's just not going to be a good thing. I, I foresee there's going to be other deaths happen. You, uh, Jeremy Wallace, who's done a great job covering mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah. pass for uh, and the border for um, Houston Chronicle and Express News, was at a, a meeting last week uh, with uh, Congressman Joaquin Castro and mm-hmm. some TPS officials. And Joaquin Castro uh, uh, told them that if the stories that have been out there yeah. are, are involving uh, troopers pushing kids back into the river to kind of make keep them from getting across. That if those stories are true, that he would encourage the Department of Justice to um, to either charge them with murder or, or to to investigate mm-hmm. that. And so I think this is the you know this is not something that we're that uh, we're used to hearing him say. I mean, he's been very critical of, about it. This is something this is something new for him. And I think it's he's it's, critical of Biden. Yeah, he's, well, he's I, critical of Biden. You know. Yeah. Well, I think he's uh, he feels, and I think there are other yeah. uh, Democrats out there who feel the Biden think, administration has kind of dragged its feet into yeah. in taking action. Mm-hmm. Against uh, and what Abbott is doing next next Sunday's editorial will will also be critical of Biden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the, but the thing with 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 Abbott that gets me is is he doesn't even pretend to summon any kind just the the, the smallest yeah. bit of human emotion, yeah. or sadness. I mean, going back to the immigrants in the truck last year, you know he. I mean, he took his opportunity to, you know, go after the Biden administration, express no sympathy for the people at lost, no, mm-hmm. no, no condolences for their families. The, you know, two people who were drowned, including a three-year-old Honduran boy, he refers to them in the creed as, as two bodies, mm-hmm. not two human beings. It's just, it's, it's just his inability and unwillingness to express some kind of even manufactured sympathy. If some people have lost their lives, if someone dies or is injured, you'll say this person who was crossing illegally. Who's crossing? Like, he'll, have, he'll have to yeah, like, get a little yeah. shot in there. Well, this was actually actually on the statement on Friday. It was from the Texas Department of Emergency Management, and that was actually the most human statement yeah. that they've made. Was every loss of life is a tragedy? But my thing is like, okay, but you knew this was going to happen. They know. I mean, there's so much that hasn't come to surface yet. And I, you know, Jeremy Wallace and others are doing a an, an really awesome job. Texas Tribune 
as well, doing a really great job um, trying to tell the story. But there's so much we don't know. And this story right here, um, I mean, there's just so much secrecy and, and hiding of what is really happening. And when you see this story about this three-year-old, it just makes me think, like, yeah. how many others have been oh, close yeah. to death? And what else is happening that we don't know? You know, we, we saw when Rick Perry was governor, there was kind of a war between Perry and the Obama administration over border policy. And, and Perry, in a very theatrical way, had, you know, had state forces along the border. Um, and Abbott, I think, has just escalated that and to the point where it has really literally become um, it, it has become more of a, of a literal war. Where it's, we're, we're the DPS troopers are, I think, being instructed to block yep. the federal border officials from doing their jobs. And um, I don't know if there's a price to be paid for Abbott at this point politically because both that policy, which is, you know, the the the, the two messages that I think that we're that uh, go with what we're, we're the we're policies and the actions that we're seeing are one, you know, the, the administration's not doing their job on the border, so we're going to do it for them. That resonates with a lot of Republicans in the state, and the, also the idea of if they if they've made it across the border, if the migrants have made it, and they've been then send them to other states. If other state, if 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 you know, if, if, if people in these other states, uh, you know, uh, liberals think that this is okay, then let them deal with it. Yeah. And that, a lot of Texans and go along with that. Uh, a lot of Texans go along with that. Uh, a lot of uh, kind of poor Republican voters across the country mm -hmm. go along with that. I mean, They've got more than 30,000 right. people to Democratic seats. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if uh, Abbott, you know, his name has stopped coming up as a potential... Mm -hmm. You know, Republican candidate for the presidential nomination. I mean, you know, there are all kinds of rumors about him positioning himself to be a vice presidential candidate. Yeah. Uh, and this is, you know, his actions on the border um, kind of, they 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 don't dissuade you. Sure. <laughs> you know, he's not. He's not positioning himself. And fundamentally, this is about, you know, the, the issue of asylum because, you know, people have a legal right to come to a port of entry and declare the, or make a request for asylum, if they make it across the country between ports of entry, they, they have a legal right to do it. And, and as I interpret this, this is basically, we're going to try to keep them from getting to the U.S. side so they are not going to be in a position to to make that that request. So we're just going to, we're going to put razor wire, we're going to put these buoys here in the, in the river, we're going to, and maybe even do more than that to yeah. try to keep them. Make it where they're trespassing, right? Where they're trespassing. And I think and then the Eagle Pass, I know that their park there, that was a big deal that Jeremy mm -hmm. also reported on. And so the park, and, and then the mayor says, no, you know, they went against what they originally did, which was complying with that and said, no, we're not going to stand for that either. And so it's definitely a showdown. When you go down there to the border, it feels, I mean, it feels surreal. It's almost like, wow, is this really happening? You know, it is, um, it feels, it feels really different. It feels really, and you can, it's a standoff happening. It's true. And I get so frustrated with the, when it, it's, it's termed, uh, not just by Abbott, but many of the people who, who think alike with him, that you know, people are illegally crossing this. You know, it's, uh, we're not seeing people sneaking across. We're seeing people who are coming in, in plain sight, and they're there with the intention of seeking asylum. This is not, you know, the narrative that as a kid I, who grew up along the border, I grew up in Brownsville and in Edinburgh, and that was kind of the narrative. People come in sneaking across the border from Mexico uh, in one way or another. This is this is not that at all. These They're people out are making long trips and saying, I want to to put in, a, a, right. a, a, make a request for asylum. And I think we have to really have a, 
a, a serious conversation. I just don't feel anybody, and I certainly would include Joe Biden in this, has not done a good job of explaining to the American public the asylum process and how we should handle it. And of course, his his policy, this recent policy, he was he perpetuated Title 42, which was turning people away, the Trump policy, for a while. And then when that went away, it's like, well, you have to have an app and you have to make an appointment. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I know you all are going to deal with all this stuff this weekend, uh, with what he's doing. But I just don't feel anybody. I've been waiting for a political figure. And I think Obama did many things well. It was a gifted politician. I don't think anybody that I can think of has really no. broken down this issue and explained it to the public and, has, and said, this is challenging, it's difficult, but this is what, what we're doing, this is why we're doing it. It's too politically lucrative, though. I mean, if you think about it, this is the one issue, because it hasn't been solved, and I think we've talked about it before on here, but this is the fight. This mm -hmm. is the fight. And both sides get something out of the fight, you know, and of not solving it. And who suffers? The migrants and the people coming over who are the most vulnerable people who are escaping situations. I mean, it blows my mind when they tell me these stories. It's like, well, you can't blame them for trying to save their own lives and the lives of their kids. And, yeah, they're not sneaking across or coming over. They waved at us like Jerry Lauder, a photographer, and I, we went out there and, that you know, these families with little tiny kids are holding them, walking through the water, and they waved at us, you know, and they just, they're exhausted. You know, I, I I do I think I do, I think Democrats get less. Yeah, they I, do. I totally they do get less, but it's, it's still the fight. Such a it's such a polarized and it's such yes. a red meat mm -hmm. issue. But there's no one that's on the other hand because there's no one that, that there's no there's no Democrats who can brag about you know what I've done. Right. Well, right. I think with right. Democrat, I think Democrats are comfortable making critiques. And I think they're justified in these critiques when it comes to Abbott and, and, and that sort of thing. And some of the things Trump did with family separation, for mm -hmm. example. But I think Democrats are much less comfortable uh, putting forward, a, you know, this, this is what we should be oh, doing. Okay. Whereas I think Republicans like Trump are very, they, I think they're, they're uh, more comfortable owning. Uh, I mean, Abbott, as you said, I mean, is not, he's not backing away from that. He's not apologizing for anything. Trump didn't apologize for anything. I mean, it's easier to say you're cutting them off and yeah. close it and, you know, right. put razor wire out there. It's the barbaric thing to do, right? It's so much easier to do that than to try to figure out the, um, you know, the foundations of why this is happening, the roots of why it's happening. And then you have to think about every country where people are coming from. It's different reasons why, right? There are political problems there. Their, um, their climate is part of it as well. I mean, it's very complicated, and this is thing. It's dynamic. I mean, it changes, and it's we're just kind of at their mercy of everything that's happening over there. And then, bam, they're here. You know, and they want to come. And like, and like the climate, like climate. Yes. Change, yeah. Going to get. What are you going to do? Worse. I mean, it's, it's yeah. going to get exponentially worse. And yeah, it, yeah. And I, I mean, uh, I don't want to get too far off the topic, but it's. Uh, you know, it was fascinating to read about. I, I didn't know this until recently when we, the Express News had a, had a piece about the fact that we went six years in San Antonio from '72 through '2000 without a sitting. No, I know. 100 degree temperature. How many huh? had this summer? Like 50 something. I know. Whatever. And a lot of 105. Wait till yeah. And so I mean, I don't look. I've I've read the science. I'm no I know no scientist, but that was pretty persuasive today. Something you have to look at that. Thing. I mean, what's happening in Hawaii? I mean, it's it's horrible reading about all that. All this is connected. It's it's really some terrible stuff happening. Yeah, it is. We want to thank everybody for listening. I hope everyone's doing well. And uh, we'll be back with you all next week. Take care.